This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast concerning issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, and today our topic is total ankle replacement. Kent Bittinger is a fellowship-trained foot and ankle orthopedic surgeon. In addition to doing ankle joint replacements and treating foot and ankle conditions, Dr. Bittinger also treats upper and lower extremity injuries and fractures. I told my colleagues today that I was going to interview you about total ankle replacement, and they said, wait, that's a thing? That's a thing now? It sure is. Who's a good candidate for total ankle replacement? Total ankle replacements were initially brought about in the 1970s, and with the lack of technology that we have now, they did not do well, and so they've had a bit of a negative image. But starting in the late 90s, early 2000s, they became more advanced and uh, are becoming much more successful. Total ankles are similar to a total knee replacement or total hip replacement that other people may have heard of. It is a replacement of the joint surface of the ankle joint itself. It's a metal and plastic replacement or resurfacing of the arthritic joint. So a good candidate would be somebody that has arthritis of the ankle. Osteoarthritis is a typical wear and tear arthritis, or it can be rheumatoid or inflammatory arthritis, things like rheumatoid arthritis, gout, those kind of things can cause it, or post-traumatic, where they've had an accident and had a fracture in the past or repeated ankle sprains and have gone on to have a wearing away of that normal joint surface. The cartilage is the joint surface and that wears away, and then you get rubbing of the bone on bone, which causes the pain. So somebody that has a worn out ankle joint could be a candidate for an ankle joint replacement. And I guess I'm thinking about all the different ways that your ankle and your foot moves. And is it less concerned with that and more concerned with resurfacing the parts that fit together? Let's back up and say the the typical view of what an ankle joint does is not necessarily really what it does. And what I mean by that is up and down motion of your foot, bringing your toes to your nose and toes to the floor is typical ankle joint movement. Side to side, like you'd picture you're you're rolling your ankle, that's actually three joints that are below the ankle joint. So the ankle joint itself does the up and down motion, but if you have problems with the side to side, like a flat foot deformity or arthritis of those lower joints, then your pain may not be from the ankle, it may be from the foot actually. So it's specific to a person who has pain when they lift their toes up or point their toes down, that motion of the ankle. Well, that's the motion, but you can have pain in and around the ankle joint. And that's where you'd need to see an orthopedic surgeon to have an examination and determine, is it really a foot problem or is it really an ankle problem? Are there people for whom this kind of an operation is not recommended? Yes, there are indications and contraindications for the procedure. The contraindications are people that are young and very active, heavy laborers, you know, somebody that's going to be chopping wood or carrying cement bags or those kind of things because it is a metal and plastic device and it can wear out. Anybody that's had prior infections may not be a candidate because of a recurrence of the infection or somebody that has bad blood flow or bad skin that may not be able to have good healing or poor healing potential. Mm-hmm. Should I read into that people who have diabetes? Not necessarily. If you have diabetes and it's well controlled, then that's not an absolute negative. Mm -hmm. The other thing is because the ankle joint is so small by compared to the surface area of the knee, and it actually sees more force in the ankle than you do in the knee, this joint surface sees about five times your body weight and pressure with each step. So somebody that is overweight may not be a candidate either. Mm -hmm. 
So the typical person that I would say that would be an ideal candidate would be somebody that would be in their mid-60s or older, a normal to slightly bigger than normal build with no significant deformities of their foot and is not a high-level person. They're not going to want to run marathons or not going to climb ladders or do roofing or that kind of stuff. But, you know, you can golf, you can play some doubles tennis, you can do walking for exercise, you can do those kind of things, mm-hmm. but it's not somebody that's going to be, it's not for somebody that's going to run a marathon or, or do those kind of things. Now, this isn't the only, this isn't the first treatment that you might use for somebody who has problems with their ankles. I'm guessing that a person that comes to you for an ankle replacement has gone through a whole series of other treatment options to begin with. Absolutely. The options are to do some bracing, potentially if there's some flatness to the foot as well, orthotics or inserts in the shoes. There is off-the-shelf type bracing. There's custom bracing that can be used occasionally a cortisone injection. I don't use that for a long-term treatment, but if if a patient came to me with arthritis in their ankle and said, hey, I'm taking the grandkids to Disney next week, I would do a cortisone shot, but it's not a long-term solution. The lubricant, the protein lubricant shots that we use in hips and knees are not FDA approved, and I've attempted them a couple times and they don't seem to work as well for some reason, so that's not really a good option. And then, of course, modified lifestyle can can help you get by. Mm-hmm. Who tends to be affected by ankle arthritis? And is there a difference in the ankle in the osteoarthritis and in the rheumatoid arthritis? Yes. The osteoarthritis typically occurs after an injury, so post-traumatic, or very commonly if they just have bad cartilage. There's certain people that their hips are bad, their knees are bad, their back's bad, their thumb joints are bad. So those people, and we haven't really identified the genetic cause for that, but some people just have bad cartilage. Mm-hmm. Rheumatoid arthritis typically is a wearing away of the joint surface because the body actually attacks the cartilage. It, it identifies it as a foreign substance and attacks it, but either can respond well to a, a joint replacement or a fusion, and we haven't talked about fusions yet, but that's the, the two surgical options for ankle joint arthritis is either an arthrodesis or a fusion, which is where we take off the remaining cartilage and bone in the joint and put screws across it and make the bones grow together. Sounds horrible, but actually I've, I have a gentleman that I fused at one ankle 18 years ago and one 17 years ago, both ankles fused, and I've seen him walk at the mall and you can hardly tell. Really? The disadvantage of that is that 15 or 20 years down the road, then the other joints that we talked about earlier start to go bad because those are overworked. And this gentleman now at 18 and 17 years is starting to have arthritis in the other joints. The knees and the hips have to compensate for what your ankle isn't doing? Yep. But more, it's in the foot. It's the foot joints. The hind foot and midfoot joints have more stress after a fusion. So those commonly start to go bad 10, 15, 20 years down the road, and then you have to address that. Mm -hmm. So the advantage of the ankle joint replacement is that you maintain mobility. Mm -hmm. You don't fuse the joint. It's easier to put on like high-top boots, and women like it because they can wear high heels um, still. And you maintain that jog of motion or that mobility where the fusion takes that away. Mm-hmm. But the fusions actually still are, in most circles, considered the gold standard. Mm-hmm. But because of the good success rate of the ankle joint replacements in the last 10, 15 years, that gold standard is starting to shift. And I really feel that it's an equal risk and equal potential outcome as far as pain relief 
But with a joint replacement, you maintain some mobility. How long does it take for someone to get to you to start talking about a total ankle replacement? So that varies. Usually there's probably a year to two of trying bracing, physical therapy. A lot of times people come and they start hearing the surgical options and they're just not ready. Mm -hmm. they, they now know, okay, the cause of my pain is arthritis. So mm -hmm. they, they get that confirmation. And a lot of times just knowing what's doing it and that they're not really doing further damage. They're not really making it harder to do replacement. Then a lot of times when they hear about the surgery, they kind of go away for a while and say, okay, I can deal with it. I'm not doing damage. I can deal with the pain. So that time frame can be a year to three or four or five years until they come back in and they look at me and say, and I can see it in their eyes that they're ready to have something done. Mm -hmm. That would be kind of the time frame, a year to a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So when a person presents for you to, for surgery on a, a given morning, how long is that person in the hospital? How long is the physical therapy? How long before I return to normal activity? Let me back up to the last question and clarify just a little bit. I do all the conservative treatment too. So I would do orthotics. I do the bracing. Somebody doesn't have to wait to come to see me and wait till they're ready for surgery. I'm, I'm actively involved in doing everything, and I'm very committed to only operating when it really makes sense, when it's the right thing to do, and when we've kind of exhausted all the non-operative care. As far as the surgery itself, there's several types of ankle joint replacements. The type I do is a very technical, finely tuned surgery, and it takes about three hours to do. There are some out there that guys are doing it in an hour, but I think I like the, the accuracy over the speed of the one that I'm doing. And they're typically in the hospital 24 to 48 hours afterwards. They are non-weight-bearing for the first two weeks. Then after the first two weeks, we have them starting to do some standing weight-bearing and some squatting to get their range of motion back. But they're not actually walking around until about six weeks. And if it's their right foot, then they would be restricted on driving also for that six-week time frame. Really? Does it make that big of a difference in your control of your foot? Yeah, there's data out there saying that you shouldn't drive until you've been able to be full weight-bearing for about two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's data based on knee replacements, and I just kind of extrapolate that. I'm sure that somebody could drive at three weeks. I'm not going to assume that liability until around six weeks. Absolutely. So at six weeks, how far am I from returning to normal full function typically? At six weeks, we take x-rays and we look for healing of the implant. And I have to do an osteotomy or cut and move the fibula bone, the little bone out of the way, and then put that back. So we're looking for healing of that as well. And then that's when we really start the physical therapy, you start walking. So you're still a couple months from golfing 18 holes. Sure. But usually by around three months, you're back to doing 90% of everything you want to do. Mm -hmm. And by eight weeks, you're walking in the community, going to do part of Myers, not all of Myers <laughs> or Walmart or let's call it a box store. We're not running an ad here, I guess, but sure. a box store. But after that eight-week mark, it's uphill, and everybody's a little different, but, or, or I should say downhill. It's easier and easier. Most people by three months are probably 90%, and by six months, you're doing everything you want to do. So one of the benefits of this type of replacement surgery is that you're maintaining the mobility of the rest of the foot, so it's going to be more like your natural gait when you're done? Yes, although people that have fusions can have a relatively normal gait. Sometimes they need a modification to their shoe to do that, and it puts more stress on the other joints like we talked. So one of the advantages of an ankle joint replacement is you do maintain that mobility. Again, like we talked about for wearing shoes with a heel, 
like hiking boots, work boots, muck boots, those kind of things are hard to get on with a fusion because you have to point your toe to get it in. So wearing and getting on those kind of boots, even ski boots. And yes, if you are a green skier and you're going to not pound moguls, you can ski with joint replacements. If you're just a cruiser, I wouldn't recommend uh, the double black diamonds with a joint replacement <laughs> in there. But getting a ski boot on or those kind of things are much easier and more doable than with a fusion. And what about the pain post-surgery? What do your patients report in terms of their pain level prior to surgery and then after surgery? There's two kinds of pains that we'll talk about. One is the relief of the arthritis pain. And typically the arthritis pain relief is either complete or very dramatic. 90% or more relief of the arthritis pain. If they have residual pain, it's usually from a foot deformity or arthritis in their foot or other things, but usually the pain relief, the arthritis pain relief is dramatic. Mm. The other pain is the post-operative pain, and that's the pain I probably get as many questions as I do about relief is how bad does it hurt after the surgery, mm. and that's why we keep them in the hospital for 24 to 48 hours, and we use IV medications there, the narcotics and the anti-inflammatories and IV Tylenol to control the pain. And it is an uncomfortable surgery, but it's not horrible. That's why we keep them there is to keep their pain under control, make them comfortable. And then when they can transition to oral pain medications is when they can go home. And usually by a week after surgery, people are off any kind of narcotic. I've had some as soon as two and three days off narcotics um, because their pain is, they just have the surgical pain. They don't have the arthritis pain anymore. But I would say it would be unusual to have somebody on stronger pain medicines other than Tylenol or Motrin after about five to seven days. That is orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kent Bittinger. To learn more about MidMichigan Health specialized orthopedic care, go to midmichigan.org slash orthopedics. And as always, if you have health concerns, consult your health care provider. If you need help finding a health care provider, go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back again soon for another edition of Health Dose.